Welcome to Season 5 of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, where we take the relevant and powerful Word of God and make it practical to our daily lives and especially to our job. Are you beginning to think we're in perilous times? And if you do, does that mean we're in the last days? Well, on this episode, we're going to give some more examples from Scripture to say maybe we are. Thank you for joining me on episode 147 in the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, where last week we began season five with an episode called, What in the World is Going On? And you might want to listen to that one because this episode just continues what we talked about there, because I have found a lot of people, especially Christians, are really concerned about what's going on and scared and wondering, where is God? The world seems to have taken an about face and is moving away from God rapidly. And last week we looked at Romans chapter 1, which vividly describes what is going on in our society today, and came to the true realization and fact that God is in control. He is orchestrating everything, and we have no reason to fear, because God loves us. And he is moving history toward his accomplished goals that he has outlined in Scripture. Three things, basically. One, there will come a time in the future, which we can read about in several places in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, where sin is dealt with firmly and done away with. And things get to be returned to the way they're supposed to be, like when Adam and Eve was first created in the Garden of Eden. And two, he's trying to get Israel to a point where they realize that Jesus was and is the Messiah. He's trying to get their attention. And number three, he is assembling for himself people who have demonstrated and who truly are his those of us Christians who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior and truly love God, because God wants to surround himself with those people, you and I, hopefully. And God needs to weed out those who are not truly his, those who choose not to be followers of God through his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're starting to see the separation of those two more and more in the news lately, where sin is becoming rampant and things that God calls unrighteousness is not only becoming more and more, I guess, popular, but people are flaunting it, like thumbing their nose at God doing these things. They'll have their time, right? Proverbs 14.9 says, fools mock at sin and they mock at guilt. But among the upright, there is favor. Which camp are you in? Are you mocking sin and the guilt that accompanies that? Or are you among the upright? Remember, Jesus made us upright on the cross. If you believe in him and what he did on your behalf on the cross there. And Proverbs 11.27 also says, He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. 
Are you seeking good? Are you part of the world and the people of the world who are seeking evil and mocking those who are righteous? Either for Jesus or you are against him. Simple as that, right? Last week, we looked at Romans chapter 1, where God has outlined through Paul three sequential events that we are seeing unfold right before us right now. And those sequential events are not only happening, but they're leading towards God's goals and accomplishments that he's got planned. And we get to see that, and we get to say, you know what? The Bible is real and true and relevant to today. That's really cool to see. Today we're going to talk about another passage, similarly, 2 Timothy 3, and uh, we're going to just look at several of the verses here, but we're not going to cover everything because, well, some of these things were already discussed last week, so I'm just going to mention a few things from this passage, even though they're very similar, but also keep this in mind too. Things that are really important in Scripture are there in the Bible at least two times. By two or three witnesses, everything will be established, the Bible says. So if there is something really important, you'll find that same kind of a thing somewhere else. Maybe worded a little bit differently, but in a way that is the same. Second Timothy 3 verse 1 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Do you think we're in perilous times now? If you do, then do you think we're in the last days now? And by last days, it means the days leading up to God's final judgment and these three things that I mentioned just a little bit ago. Another place in Scripture where that is brought up is in Matthew 24 when several of the apostles went to Jesus and said, tell us when are these things going to happen that you just told us about? What are the signs of the end of the age? So Paul talks about this here, and he mentions this phrase, perilous times. What is that word perilous? We need to understand what that means so that we can say yay or nay if we're in that perilous times right now. So I looked up that word perilous, and it occurs one other place in Scripture. The word is kalipos, K-H-A-L-E-P-O-S, which is the Greek you know, spelling or word for that word perilous. And the other place that it's mentioned is in Matthew eight twenty eight to describe two demon-possessed men. And it means exceedingly fierce. So in that passage, those two men who were demon-possessed were exceedingly fierce. Their behavior, their actions were driven by Satan, by the demons that was in, in them. And Paul lists this right here, telling us what the times are going to be like. Does it seem like demons are controlling people now? Events? <laughs> Sometimes we watch the news and we're like, people didn't used to be like that. We even watch TV shows now and see things that are glorified as, wow, this is an awesome show. But there's things and words that people just don't do. But they evidently do now. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. 
But things that people say and do in the world certainly are not something God approves of or instigates. So what's the alternative? What else is causing that? So, after Paul says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And then he tells the root of what these perilous times are. What's the foundation of these? Which he lists first. For people will be lovers of themselves. Boy, have we seen a radical shift to that. Just in my lifetime, for sure. I mean, when I grew up, my family and all of our neighbors would go out of their way to do something nice for the neighbors or to help out the neighbors. We still see a little bit of that today from good, upright people, but the majority? I don't think so. I see the opposite more than I see that. For they will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of others. That takes priority in their life. What makes me look good? What do I get out of this? And my ideas, thoughts, and actions are the most important. That's what a lot of people here in the world are saying these days, or acting like. And then Paul says, lovers of money. That's another root, right? (laughs) Money is king. Money is needed obviously, to make society run, but people need it so much they're worshiping it. Yes, it has become their God because they no longer trust God to meet at least their basic needs as promised in the latter part of Matthew chapter 6. But they are turning money into their God to the point of doing away with their love for others and helping others and being other-centered. It's all about the money, right? And then Paul goes on to list 16 things, some of which are the same from last week's episode in Romans 1, but some of them are just a little bit different. And we can see how they relate to today's kind of headlines and times even more than they did when this was written. One of them is that people are unholy. That means no interest in spiritual things. But they're not necessarily wicked. They think that they're good by being good. Trying really hard to look moral, but have no moral foundation. Which, as we all know, Jesus is the author of morality. And the Bible clearly dictates what morals are. In fact, the last one that Paul lists here in verse 5, it says having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Another way of saying that is, it looks like from the outside they're good, moral, godly people, but really aren't, because they deny Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Now, to avoid some confusion, let me just read that passage that I kind of talked about, so you can kind of pick up what I said in the context of what's going on here. Again, this is 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through the end of 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Let's pause right there with that one for a second. Unthankful. I've got a couple other words to describe that. Entitlement mentality. Right? Unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Okay, I had to look that one up. (laughs) Right? We don't use the word haughty very often. H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. It means blatantly and disdainfully proud. Having or showing an attitude of superiority and contempt for people or things perceived to be inferior. Yep, we sure see that going on now, don't we? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Yeah, did you catch that at the end of verse 5 there? Tells us what to do. From such people, turn away. And that means emphatically. Turn away. There's an exclamation point there. Why does God want us to turn away from such people? Because we don't need to be influenced by those types of people. That's one reason, right? Don't surround yourself with those kind of people. You may become like them, or you will try really hard to be like them, or to be liked by them. We're to be like Christ, not like the worldly people. And we're to shoot for Christ's approval, not the world's approval. Another reason is because we can become so preoccupied with that and those types of people and those things that are happening in the news or in politics, that that's all we focus on and it brings us down. It gives us a sour attitude and we mope around looking down instead of looking up and focusing on Christ and having his joyous attitude and a radiant light that we're supposed to have about us that make people come to us and ask us about that because we're different than them. And why is that? It all begins with the attitude. Our attitude should be of excitement, joy, the love of Christ, the compassion for others, and the will to see people saved and to get out of those kinds of things. And that begins with our attitude and where our attitude is formed. And the third reason that I think, this is just me, but I think that we're to turn away from these people is because we can't necessarily argue with them and win them over. We don't win people over by arguing with them and pointing out their faults and false things. Because you don't attract bees with a baseball bat, you attract them with honey. Because I think we may chase them farther away. But if we live a life that is attractive to them in a good way, then maybe they will come around and ask us. And as Peter says, have a ready answer when they do for the hope that you have. (laughs) Right? 
In fact, in verse 10, Paul tells Timothy, and therefore to teach us, what we are supposed to do. Because there are three things in this whole passage that kind of jump out at me. The first one is, but know. So know what's going on in the world. That's what it starts out in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. So know these things and recognize these. But then in verse 10, he says, but you. And then in verse 14 is another, but you. So there are two passages here that we're supposed to be paying attention to and do. Let's go back to the first, but you, in verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, even through persecutions and afflictions. That's what we're supposed to do. Follow Paul and the writings that Paul has in the Bible. Where do we read Paul's writings? Well, you know, right? Tell me. Yep, Romans. Galatians. Ephesians. Yes. First and second Corinthians. Philippians. Colossians. First and second Thessalonians. First and second Timothy. To name a few, <laughs> right? Read those. Carefully follow those and carefully follow the manner of life that Paul led and his purpose, which is to bring glory to Christ and his faith, even through tough times and his long suffering, which is another word for patience. Be patient through this. And then this very small word, love. So being patient with people and love them and have perseverance. That means putting up with a lot for a really long time. And getting through it. And the second, but you. So pay attention to this other but. (laughs) But you in verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Did you go to church as kids? Did your parents read the Bible to you? Do you listen to this podcast and other Christian podcasts? Do you listen to sermons online? Do or did you have godly parents or grandparents? Pay attention to those must continue in those things, he says. Keep doing it. Don't give up on these things. Don't give up on the Bible. The Bible is more relevant today than ever. We just need people to explain it to us. Hopefully that's what you're getting here on the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast, and that it gives you hope and a purpose. Because the very next thing Paul says is, all Scripture So if you've got your Bible in your hands, that whole thing is given by the inspiration of God. And Paul uses a word there that says God breathed. God breathed it out, and there it was. Yeah, he used 40 different guys to write these 66 books, but it's his words through them. 
And this Bible that you hold in your hands or have at home, and that you open and read every morning, right, (laughs) is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the person of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And if you've listened to this podcast often, you know that last word, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That word work is ergon, and it means to toil in an occupation. This scripture, the things that we're reading now, are here for us to be able to glorify God. It's valuable to us. It's profitable, right? For doctrine. That's what sets our foundational mindset for reproof. That means for finding out what is right and wrong and getting rid of the wrong and sticking to the right, which the Bible says. And for correction, for correcting things that are wrong, that are in our control. Being able to recognize the lies of Satan that we see in the news and the headlines and from some people, because we know what the Bible really says and that we know that that is the truth. This reminds me of my wife when she was a bank teller. They would train the bank tellers how to recognize counterfeit money by having them study intently the real money. So that when something fake comes by, they recognize it right away. That's why we study scripture, to recognize the fakes and the errors and the imposters. And for instruction or training, that's another word for instruction, in righteousness. Now you know Jesus made us righteous on the cross if we accepted what he did on our behalf. So we are righteous before God. But we have to do all of this training and things so that we continue to be righteous in our daily lives, in our jobs, to be Christ's representative here. Because many people know that we're Christians and We may be the only Bible they read or the only glimpse of Jesus they get to see. Don't let Jesus down because we are people of God and the Bible makes us complete, thoroughly equipped for every good thing that God has us to do, including how we do our job. So we started out with, but no. So we're to know these things. And recognize some of these things that are going on in the world. And some of them were like, oh, I can't believe this is going on. Well, Bible says it is. (laughs) And then it tells us how to act. But you, in verse 10. And then but you, in verse 14. So if you don't have your Bible reading this right now with me, when you get home, be sure and do that. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But you. Read and do. Second Timothy chapter 3. <laughs> you can connect with me through bluejeanschristian.com. And I hope you do, so that I know if this podcast is helping you to bring glory to Christ. <laughs>